0: Step into the world of advertising with FjorgeCast, predicting the most important trends in the advertising industry. Host Tim Barsness dishes on the latest developments within the advertising realm. Tune into the Cast to receive insider tips and advice from experts within the advertising industry. FjorgeCast is your first stop in hearing about the unique opportunities and challenges advertisers face today. Cranberry Radio is proud to present FjorgeCast, with your host, Tim Barsness,
1: Fjordcast. I'm Tim Barsness, founder of web and mobile development team Fjord, And today on our show, we will be talking with Brandon Doyle about his full-service digital marketing agency, Wallaroo Media. Welcome to the show, Brandon.
2: Hey, thanks so much for having me.
1: Can you tell us a little bit about Wallaroo Media?
2: Yeah, sure. We're a full-service digital marketing and advertising agency. We have a team of a little over 30 people. We're based in Utah in the United States, and we love what we do. And we do things like social advertising management, social media, PR, influencer work, content creation, SEO, sort of the whole gamut of of online services. How did Wallaroo get to where it is today? Yeah, so we started, my parents had a website that they launched in like 2008 And they spent a lot of money on it. It was like a $40,000 website at the time, which was basically all the money they had. Then when it was live, they realized they now needed customers. So they had me help them try to find an SEO company to hire, but they couldn't afford any. So then I just said, well, what if I learn it? And then, you know, you can pay me out of your profits or whatever. And they were on board with that. So in 2008 is when I started just teaching myself SEO and, and a little bit of social media even at the time and then sort of it gradually grew from there. I was in college, and then I was working in finance, and then in 2012, about five years ago, I quit to focus on Wallaroo full-time with my business partner, Cade Hendershot, and we've grown from there. So, two people in 2012 and 32 in 2017. So, what was the key to your success there? In growing Wallaroo? Yes. You know, our my background is in finance. So, it's not in marketing in in any way. Um, and so the approach that we've taken for our clients is very much uh, influenced by my background in finance in the sense of when someone hires us, whether they're paying us a thousand a month or 10,000 or whatever, our pr- sole focus is to get them an ROI. So every single thing we're doing, whether it's SEO or ads or social media or PR, we're always looking on how can we translate that into a measurable ROI for our clients so they can see that for whatever they're paying us, they're getting much more than that in return and then so that they're happy and then we grow together. So I think that that's been definitely one of the main reasons why we've been able to grow.
1: With your your focus on ROI, do you find that there are clients that you, you can't help or aren't a fit? Yeah. I mean, sometimes
2: there are clients who don't care, frankly, about ROI and they just want larger brand awareness or followings. And if that's what they want, that's fine. I guess that's their ROI. That's their, you know, key performance indicator that their KPI. So if that's what they want, that's okay. But there are some clients that are not a fit. For example, if there's clients that require a lot of, uh, like handholding for their customers over the phone before they can actually become a client, then it's hard for us because because we can still generate leads, but it's it just becomes harder to you know, track how many of those leads are actually becoming their customers. So we're definitely more on either B2C type companies or if it's B2B, something where they can still sign up online just because it makes tracking
1: so much easier. What types of companies are you working with?
2: Yeah, so our client roster is… Pretty diverse we have clients that are smaller, like law firms, dentists, restaurants, and then we have some startups as clients non funded and funded funded startups like acorns, a finance app or casper mattresses and then we have large clients too like Disney as a client, Hilton hotels as a client, so
1: it's really all over the board. do you have any intention to fall into a niche or do you intend to stay more general
2: yeah not really we we don't really want to niche down um, we like working with all different companies and keeping it fresh. We, we do sort of have a niche internally, uh, a little bit, not a niche, but a specialty, I guess, in in the travel space, just because we own and run a lot of well-trafficked travel blogs and websites and very large travel Instagram accounts. So it's just a lot easier for us to provide really quick ROI for travel clients. But but again, we work with all companies, so
1: yeah. So you can leverage the the travel properties that you have to um, to market for clients. Exactly. Yeah. Yes, that's nice. Is is that something you did intentionally, or are you a a travel fan who you know just happened to have properties in that space? Yeah. Well, it started because I was just a travel fan, to be honest. So I I had a trip
2: planned to Brazil. Uh, this was like six years ago. And I had a large following on Twitter just because I got on early and I did the dumb follow-unfollow thing. But then I thought, what if I just changed my username on Twitter to Travel and Tweeter and threw up a quick blog? Could I get a free trip to Brazil? So anyway, that's what I did, and it worked. Because I had like, I don't know, 50,000 followers or something, and Twitter was hot at the time. And then so since that worked... I was able to get more other free trips off of Twitter and then when Instagram came up, that's when it really started. So we went big into Instagram and we have almost a million followers on Instagram on some travel accounts and then also travel blogs and review websites and stuff. So we sort of start we started using it for ourselves just to get free trips for ourselves and then it just grew
1: from there. Sure. Sounds like there's a lot of value in some of the, the properties that you have. Yeah,
2: there is, especially for hotels and any sort of lodging space because almost no hotel is ever at 100% capacity. So if you're at 90% and then if someone like me contacts you wanting a free trip, then you're either going to have a, an open room and make $0 off of it or an open room and let me stay in it for free and now you get all this exposure to you know, a million plus people. So that's why it works for us on a personal level and then on a marketing for clients level we just have all these websites and all this exposure that we can just generate in a week's time.
1: So you mentioned you're you're big into ROI you know based on your finance background Um, how do you measure the ROI of what those accounts are providing? Yeah so that's you
2: mean with these travel specifically with this travel thing that we're talking about? Yes. Yeah so when we work with a if it's a client, then we're always looking to make sure that we understand what are their KPIs? What do they care about? And sometimes they just care about increasing their followers or their brand awareness. So in that scenario, it's really easy to track. We just track what it is when we start. And then each time we make an announcement about their accounts on our Instagram accounts or on our blogs or whatever, then we can track how much increased traffic they get or followers or whatever. Um, In social media, though, especially on Instagram, because you can't really do links, sometimes you can in stories or in the bio, but not on regular posts, then the best way to do it is with some sort of uh, like discount code. So that's what we would do. Something like, you know, sign up for their email list, use this code to get this off your next day or whatever. That way they can just track by the code and see how effective it is. Got it. Makes sense.
1: Um, Have you. Thought of any other or found any other areas where you think you could create um, social accounts that have similar following?
2: I mean, Pinterest for sure. We do a lot on Facebook too, and then Snapchat is obviously the new sexy one that we're working on right now. So it's it's harder to create daily chat for this type of purpose unless you're actually traveling the world on a consistent basis um you know whereas instagram you don't have to be traveling all the time you could just share pictures off your phone so but those are the other
1: avenues that we're working on as well right now got it so do you have people out and about uh to leverage snapchat or how are you doing that
2: yeah we we actually just you know with snapchat you can upload from your camera roll so when we do snapchat when, when we're not traveling then we just do that we just upload pictures from our old trips into our Snapchat account, which loses some of the authenticity, uh, but it's really the only solution unless, again, like you said, we cr- we have someone that's always traveling the world, which we do not.
1: Got it. Um, is everyone in, in your company as big of a, a travel fan as you are?
2: Uh, not yet. I mean, we do have a lot of travel fans. One thing that we did do, though, recently is we created – a 30-day sabbatical for our company. So every three years, our full-time employees are able to take a 30-day paid sabbatical. So just 30 days off sort of to recharge their lives. Um, And what we do is of those 30 days, so of those four weeks, with these travel connections that we have, we pay, not only are we paying them to take a but we also pay for them to do two weeks of international travel. So we're hoping that whoever's not a travel fan will be able to become one soon with this sabbatical thing.
1: Nice. Love it. Uh, we need to take our first break, but when we come back, we will be getting some more full service digital marketing advice from Brandon.
0: Don't go away. George cast with Tim Barsness. will be right back after a word from our sponsor. Check out exclusive listener pricing for Cranberry Radio Listeners by going to bit.ly slash foundercircle. Do you look at the task of ranking your site at the
2: top of the search engines like you would climbing the top of Mount Everest? It doesn't have to be.
0: Tim Barsness is back with more advertising advice with FjorgeCast, only on Cranberry Radio.
1: Welcome back to FjorgeCast. I'm your host, Tim Barsness, and I'm here with Brandon of full-service digital marketing agency, Waller Media. Brandon, can you give our listeners a pointer or two on how you do your type of work so effectively?
2: So when a client hires us, we really break down their KPIs and map everything out. So to make sure that we're on the same page with the client and that we're doing the work they want us to do and that we're also doing the things that we think are going to provide the best value for them. So what we do is we create roadmaps as we call them in three month increments. And so that, what those roadmaps are is it says what we're going to do every single week for the three months. And then we get, we, you know, get it approved by the client and then we proceed that way. And then that way the client knows what we're doing every week. We report on that and then we measure our success against the results that we sort of commit to in the roadmap. And as long as we're doing our work and hitting those or more than hitting those results, then obviously the client is going to be happy. So that's one key thing that we've done more recently, uh, but it's been working really well for us.
1: Um, what do you do if you're not getting the results you're looking for?
2: Yeah, that's one of the reasons why we sort of became a full service agency was almost out of necessity because like there's some clients who come to us uh, much more in the past than now, but it'll still happen now. We just have different client, clients that we get now. But anyway, clients would come to us with, let's say, $1,000. And maybe at the time, we were only doing SEO. And they would say, we, we want to hire you for SEO, and here's the results we need. And we need to get these results within three months. And then I would tell them, well, SEO takes longer than that. It's not going to work for you. And then we just wouldn't get them as a client. So... That's when we started trying to work our way into other services because if someone comes to us with $1,000 now and they need results now, then we're obviously going to push them towards ads and we can manage those ads for them. So we're always looking to find ways to get the results that our clients want now in the short term while not sacrificing the long term. And So being able to plug in SEO or ads or social or conversion rate optimization whenever we
1: need to uh, is a big benefit to be able to do that. Got it. Very cool. Um, so are there aspects of marketing or, or advertising that you, you guys don't do?
2: I mean, yeah, there, uh, yeah, there's a lot of stuff that we don't do. We, We try to keep it very focused on the traditional, I guess if it's old enough to be called traditional, the traditional digital marketing services, which would include advertising spend, whether that's on Snapchat or Google or Facebook or Instagram or whatever. So we do that. And then we do organic social management, SEO, influencer outreach we do a lot of, uh, and then content marketing. So it's it's that, you know, sort of those core four or five services is, is where we focus.
1: Got it. Are you seeing your, your Google ad spend increase or decrease? As a percentage
2: of, of what we're doing for our clients, it's definitely going down. I don't think that that's because it's not growing, because it's still growing, but it's just because Facebook's ad platform is getting so good that we're just getting a lot more inquiries and we're able to provide better ROI for our clients through Facebook's ad platform, which obviously includes Instagram, and through their retargeting as well. It's just, it's the place to be. So that's why our Google uh, spend management's going down.
1: Is that particularly because of who your clients are or do you think that's across the board that Facebook's where it's at? Yeah, it's it's across the board. Got it.
2: Another Uh, reason would be, Snapchat, we're doing a lot of stuff on Snapchat because we rank in Google very high for lots of Snapchat advertising-related keywords, so we just get a lot of inquiries, so that's another reason.
1: Got it. Was that related to a strategy that you had a while back?
2: Yeah, sort of in late 2016, we just latched on to Snapchat. I went out there in the sort of the end of last summer to their headquarters in Southern California, and... I already really liked their platform, but that's when I fell in love and with their vision and everything as a, as a company. And so we just started writing about it, or I started writing about it all the time and, you know, doing SEO for our our own stuff. So it, I mean, it worked if you Google Snapchat advertising and many other related keywords were usually the results are like snapchat.com and then it's wallaroomedia.com and then it's snap.com. It's, it's usually us just right there with, Snapchat themselves. So it's worked really well for us.
1: Do you have any other platforms that you see as up and coming as good opportunities? Nothing
2: to the level of Snapchat, although we're always looking for the platforms that are where the where it's just underutilized. So like Pinterest actually is still under the radar for many people. Many, many, many businesses are not utilizing Pinterest ads and you can get fantastic ROI doing that. So why do you that's, think
1: that is? Why is it underutilized?
2: You know, I, I really don't know to be honest. Uh, but <laughs> almost nobody is doing it, and and when no one's doing it, that means there's less competition, which means in an auction format, you're not bidding as many against as many companies for the ads, which means the ads are cheaper. So, but I mean, Pinterest is is huge, and the amazing thing about Pinterest as well is that um you know with with Facebook and Twitter. So you know half-life, the term in science, like in high school, where it's like, okay, so let's apply that to social media. The half-life of a Facebook post is maybe eight hours. So half of everyone who sees it, sees it in the first eight hours. The other half might be in the next 12, 14 hours or so, whatever. Instagram, it's more like six hours. uh, Twitter, it's like 15 minutes. Snapchat, it's a couple hours. But Pinterest, the half-life is like four months. So half of everyone who sees a Pinterest pin sees it in the first four months and the other half in the next infinite months just because of how their algorithm and their platform is set up.
1: Do you think so, that's a good thing or a bad thing?
2: Oh, we think it's a great thing because the content that you work to create for your company or for your clients on Pinterest can just last so much longer. So whereas if you're crafting a tweet or a snap or an Instagram post, you know, they don't really live longer than a day. Whereas, again, on Pinterest, when someone repins something, I can repin something right now from LL Bean three years ago. And now all my whatever, 2,000 followers on my personal Pinterest account are going to see that. So we think Pinterest is a diamond in the rough that it's not like people don't know about it, but they're just
1: not focusing on it as much as they should be. Does Pinterest have the volume of like Snapchat or Instagram?
2: The volume, I mean, they have. You know, around 200 million active users, so they're a little larger than than Snapchat and a little smaller than Twitter. You know, Instagram's r- really blown up right now, but but what they can do better than those other ones is driving website traffic. It's just a lot easier because of how they set up their platform to drive website traffic with pins.
1: So I have a. Uh- picture in my mind of the demographics of a Pinterest user. Um, You know, I guess historically they were women in their thirties. Is that still the case?
2: I mean, it's definitely grown from there. That still is the core, but that's fine. I mean, of course it depends on what company you're with or who you're trying to run ads for or whatever. If you're like a B2B company, you don't need to do that much on Pinterest. But if you're a consumer electronics company or fashion or home furnishings or kids clothing or whatever. I mean, I could go on and on and on. It makes a ton of sense to be extremely active on Pinterest.
1: We need to take a break, but when we come back, we will talk about Snapchat's various advertising methods as well as Insta- Instagram's attempts to capture the same ad space.
0: Don't go away. George Cass with Tim Barsness will be right back after a word from our sponsor. Try eBrands for 30 days. Go to eBrandsWithAZ.com or call 1 866 625 5717. That's eBrands with a Z for eBrands.
1: Is your website hacked? Is your website displaying error messages or loading slowly? Even if there are no signs of malicious activity, your site may still be compromised websites, like cars, require regular maintenance to perform at their best and not leave you stranded. At Fjorge, our website maintenance experts can help you assess which one of our maintenance plans will best support your needs. Visit Fjorgedigital.com or call 612-877-3840 and get the support and protection your website and business deserve. That's F-J-O-R-G-E Digital.
0: Hi, I'm Montel Williams. Most of you know me as a talk show host, but I'm also an author, actor, single father of four, avid snowboarder, and I'm also a medical marijuana patient. Living with multiple sclerosis, I'm in pain every day. Medical marijuana is my last resort, and it helps me when all other drugs have failed. If you'd like more information about medical marijuana, you can contact the Marijuana Policy Project at mpp.org or call 1-877-JOIN-MPP. Tim Barsness is back with more advertising advice with cast only on Cranberry Radio.
1: Welcome back to FiorgeCast. I'm your host, Tim Barshness. I'm here with Brandon Doyle of Wallaroo Media. Our first article today from Wallaroo Media titled Snapchat Advertising Costs, a Breakdown of Each Offering. Uh, Brandon, your article outlines the various methods of advertising on Snapchat. Can you tell us about them?
2: Yeah, so on Snapchat, there's a good handful of different types of ads you can do. You can do regular snap ads, which are the vertical video ads that appear in between snaps of users or in the Discover section. There's sponsored lenses, which are the things that go in front of your face, and you can do those on a somewhat localized basis or just a nationwide basis. There's geo filters, which are more popular, which is when you're in a location, you can swipe to the left and see filters, so you can run those as companies. Uh, there's a lot of influencer stuff you can do on Snapchat that's definitely underutilized, and there's snap to unlock features too. There's there's a whole different or there's a, a wide array of, of selection. And one of the exciting ones is the Snap Ads because the minimum used to be $10,000 a month. But just recently, like a week ago, they lowered that to $3,000 a month. So now it's about $100 a day, which is a lot easier for companies to do test campaigns with. But if your budget is smaller than that, then you can still do great stuff with like Snapchat influencers or geo filters.
1: Given that a lot of Snapchat users are uh, under the age of 25, do you find that you need to be a brand who has that as your focus?
2: You know, if you're doing organic, then you definitely want to stay more towards the millennial age. So I would say like 33, 34 or under. But if you're doing ads, you can you can target by age and demographics, you know, gender, interest, all that kind of stuff. So that's kind of irrelevant. And, and as Snapchat grows, it's definitely aging up. So Although eighteen to twenty-four is still the highest uh, group on Snapchat, twenty-five to thirty-four is the next highest. So it's it's growing, but yes, it's it's younger for sure. You're not going to find that many people over
1: age of fifty uh, on there quite yet. Absolutely, our second story today uh, seems to be about a weekly article about snapchat being copied by a uh, social media behemoth uh this one is instagram selfie filters an article by garrett sloan and ad age um so selfie flu- selfie filters uh mimic snapchat's lenses as you just mentioned in the previous article um as the article points out the more ubiquitous these things are the less value they have do you see value in lenses Brandon?
2: You know, I, I do see value. It's a new channel. It's a really unique form of advertising. It's very engaging. Users play with lenses a lot more than they play with just a regular image ad or even a video ad. So whether it's on Instagram or Snapchat, lenses in that whole form of advertising is definitely here to stay. It's just a matter of, as a company, being able to use it in the right way for your brand.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. Do you think that selfie filters will usurp uh, Snapchat? You know, I don't think Instagram's going
2: to overcome Snapchat when it's all said and done. Obviously, they have more users, and that's great, but I think Snapchat's going the route of high-quality curated content and original content, and they're positioning themselves in the minds of users that way as well. Instagram's not doing that. It's just, you know, everyone can post, whereas on Snapchat it's it's very hard to become a publisher and it's even harder to create original shows on their platform. So I don't think Instagram's going to overtake them, but they are going to be two platforms that are going to be, and it's going to be fun to see how it shakes out.
1: Sure, absolutely. So previously, Twitter tried to do uh, content curation as well, and I don't I don't think that ever really uh, got much traction. What is Snapchat doing differently?
2: Yeah, I think, yeah, Twitter did try, it didn't work out. What Snapchat's doing is they're, being very careful and targeted with who they're bringing on. So they know their demographic and they know what type of content they're consuming. So they're bringing on, like they just brought back on last week, they brought on MTV Cribs. So MTV Cribs is a new, well, it's an old show, but it's a new original show that's now on Snapchat only. And that's that's just a perfect example. That's the type of content that these people on Snapchat want to consume. And if you have that content, then serving up ads in between it, it's going to be a piece of cake.
1: Absolutely. And we are out of time. So that is it for today on Fjordcast. Thank you for joining us, Brandon.
2: Thank you so much for having me.
1: You can reach Brandon on Twitter at at and, Twitter. and thank you to our listeners for joining us. You can download episodes of the program by going to cranberry.fm or subscribing to the show on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, and iHeartRadio.